to another episode of the Social Angle Podcast. It's your girl, Melissa, and I am so excited that you guys are here like I am every week, but especially this week because me and Vin got to sit down and talk with Charity Gibson. So we have nothing but respect for Charity. She is smart, kind, omnipresent, and crushing it on social media. So we knew that we had to sit down and talk with her virtually, and she dropped so many gems about how you can improve your engagement with your audience across social media, how she uses authenticity and storytelling to showcase behind the scenes of her life and bring people along for the ride, and how that has turned um, into awareness not only for herself, but for the companies that she works for, and how that hooks followers and turns them from fans into customers. So this is a really, really good episode if you're trying to stand out on social media and find that secret sauce that sets you apart. And I think you'll get lots of really good insights from charity that you can apply directly to your own social media strategy. So let's get into it. Welcome to the podcast. Woo, 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 woo. So is it ironic? Today? Wait, hold on. Is it ironic that it's National Umbrella Day? What? It is? Oh, my God. It totally is. And yeah. you know what? You just reminded me that I didn't put my social media post out for the day. <laughs> You're welcome. Social media <laughs> managers have to have other social media managers back. So. <laughs> uh, Mike, thanks for the reminder, Ben. Uh, Charity Pop day and is- Sale. <laughs> the day is still early. Welcome to the show, Charity. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Super stoked to be here with my favorites. How yeah. are you? We're so excited to have you. Like we've wanted to have this conversation with you because you are the queen of engagement. But for those people who may be living under a rock who have never seen any of your great social media content, tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you got started in promo. Oh wow. Okay. So <laughs> I was a wee little, no. <laughs> um, so, well, I, so I, I started out um, as a property manager, manager for real estate investment trust and polybeetling pipes break and that causes leaks and leaks in a thousand apartment community, apartment, whatever's is a, a big headache. And so I put in, or I answered an ad in a newspaper. So that tells you how old I am. Uh and, right? like a I've done the same. and I actually didn't the get the job the first time. I didn't even know what it was. It was like B2B account manager. I'm like, I don't even know, but it sounds fun. I don't know how 12 words on a black and white piece of paper sounded fun. Anyway, a year later, after going to work for Nike for a bit, um, I tried again, same place, same ad and got the job. So ended up, um, you know, by happenstance landing in this promo world. My favorite part, I think of my whole promo existence is that after I had my daughter and took this um, extended maternity leave, the guy that I was working for, I'm like, can I try telecommuting? Like, this is a thing. People use the internet and like their cell phones and like, they just work remotely. And he's like, we'll try it. But I'm not really into that. Cause he's like super micromanager. I love him. Um, and mm-hmm. I give him a lot of credit for the way that I learned and how much I know. Um, but I tried telecommuting and he's like, not going to fly. Mm-hmm. So, and I just think that's hilarious. And the, the meeting that we had said, you're going to do amazing things one day, but it's not going to be in promotional products. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I should just go start my photography company and call it a day. And so then I did. And now 
Hi. Wow. <laughs> In promo, doing some things. <laughs> so that was so fun. So how long have you been in promo? This is, I'm ending my 20th year, oh, no. mid-year, and going into year 21. So wow. no time kidding. to party, apparently. Wow. <laughs> That's I mean, awesome. I'm in 13 years now, and it's like, I was at like one or two years, and I blinked, and now I'm at 13. I, I mean, it just, it kind of flies by. Um, Melissa's at one, you're going to blink, and then you're going to be at 10. You know, that's how this works. Yeah, it really does. And it, I mean, time flies when you're having fun. And if that's the adage, then it's so true. This industry has been I, just everything. I told Melissa the other day, I'm like, I can't wait until you have real trade show memories, yeah. not like the digital stuff. Like this has been fun and we've got some funny things that happen. But when you get on that show floor and then, you know, you go out afterwards and you, you know, do the wave to people with the hangover in the morning and you have a camera full of memories when it's all done, like, just magic. You guys are my family. So makes oh. it easy to work hard and work long hours because it's just partying with friends all day and night. Well, thank you for that. And, and Melissa, you will get that experience. Um, you know, it, we were so close last year. You know, you were hired in February. I was like talking up Ju July in Chicago. We're not going to do it, you know, for another, I don't know, but we're going to do it at some point and it's going to be amazing. So Charity, let's talk about social media. You are you know, clearly, you know, you were on the online 18, you were number one this year, you were number two last year, you're, you, you clearly are a social media guru. Can you let us know a little bit about how um, you got started in social media um, and how you got to the point where everyone knows you? Yeah, um, it's so funny because I look back at how I ended up doing social media for a living and I think it actually goes back, my mom stuck me in a summer school class when I was four years old and it was a high school level class and somehow they let me stay. Like, I don't know why, but that was back like programming computers and you had to like make the mouse build the house and all DOS and like crazy commands. Um, and so that was super fun. Uh, fast forward into like my junior high career and I was teaching the community college kids how to use Mac computers. And so I was the assistant in that and, and helping with that. And so then of course, uh, outcomes AOL. And so <laughs> like the age of chat rooms and the dial up and the you've got mail. And so that was my beginning of, you know, social media. Um, and it was funny because all these digital shows, I made the joke on Facebook the other day. I'm like, I spent my whole childhood preparing for this because everything was, you know, these chat rooms and you're like instant messaging people, or you're in this big room of people and you're making comments about what's going on in certain conversations. And so like, I almost wanted to like start my chats with like ASL question mark and just like start talking to people in these rooms for these digital shows like that. So that was big AOL instant messenger, um, ICQ of course. And then not many people were on MIRC, but I was on um, it's internet relay chat. So it's all command based and there's different rooms all over the world. Um, and I spent my entire childhood basically or not my childhood teenage years in those rooms. And so just the natural evolution, right? MySpace comes along, Facebook comes along and the goal of social media is to be social. So I guess how I became so well known is that I just started telling my story. If I did something stupid and fell on my butt walking down the street, I'm like you guys, you have to hear what I did today. I'm so dumb. Um, like, and just bring people along for my story. Cause I was alone all the time. Like we were homeless for most of my life we finally did get 
um, a living situation arranged. My mom was working three jobs. You know, I was by myself all the time. And so it, my friends live in my computer screen. It's kind of sad to say, but it's also kind of fun because now I'm using social media to stay social digitally, but it can carry over now professionally. And that's, I think, where the magic happens. And that's where it ended up getting to be such a big part of my life because I don't know, I'm, I'm a true sanguine, which is 2% of the population. I love to talk. I love, I'm excited by people. I'm not de-energized. I'm like re-energized. So it's a lot of words because I'm full of a lot of words, but that's really, nope. it is. I'm just social that's by nature. So this just gives me a vehicle to be more social and every platform that's added. I love it. I'm like, huh, I can say something here and not annoy people over here. Like Twitter's great, even though I hate it. Cause I'm like, you could talk all day and never even be heard. <laughs> like, that's true. That's true. <laughs> now I, I want to talk about what you just said. You know, you've been on some sort of chat room or, or, you know, forum since I know it, what it was at MIRC. I think that's been around since the eighties. If I recall, the chat rooms had been around that long. Um, Let's talk about the traditional um, platforms like Facebook, Twitter. Which is the one that you got on first and started really making so, noise? Okay, so MySpace was where I was. And I was, it's so funny because I'm such an early adopter, but I was vehemently against Facebook. I'm like, you guys better not leave. I love MySpace. My profile, I just got my music straight. I just got like, my profile design right. And now you guys are going to Facebook? Like it's blue and white. So boring. What are you doing? Um, finally in 2007, I guess it was, has that been that long ago now? Holy bananas. Um, 2007, I finally just said, okay, fine. Since all of my friends are there, I guess I'll freaking come to the party. Um, and I did. So Facebook has been my jam for a long time. And as much as I love Instagram and, uh, I love Instagram. Um, and I, I hate Twitter. I love clubhouse. Um, and that's about all I can manage. Snapchat's kind of fun, but Facebook is kind of like old reliable because it just has the biggest amount of people and groups. I think there's magic in Facebook groups. So, yeah. I think it's just like so interesting. Like I always wanted to know your story because I feel like it's always interesting how people cultivate their careers and what they gravitate towards. So you being such a social person, it's so cool that you shine in a medium that I think is like often misunderstood, especially for business. And I feel like the reason, like my personal opinion, like being an outsider, the reason you're so like successful is because you're authentic, like you're yourself, like, you know, you might use it for business, but you're not afraid to incorporate that storytelling aspect to create community, those things that really help the business aspect that I think people forget. So you were saying, like Facebook um, was the first one that you kind of really leaned into out of the platforms. But when did you start making that transition of saying like, wow, this is a great medium that I can use for business? Like, when did you start kind of like seeing that change? So um, I guess it would be 2010 when I started my distributor company. Okay. And um, not that I wasn't really using it for business before, but just how I live life, obviously, is that natural progression of whatever I'm doing. I'm telling people about it because yeah. I want them to be part of my story or I think it's funny or, you know, whatever. So I don't think there was ever a time when I was like, oh, I'm going to use this for business. It's just kind of like, hey, I started this distributor company and I'm going to share what I do. Okay. And again, invite, we, it was we had green banana promotion. So we had a little monkey. He was a cartoon the story about the cartoon is that my friend from 
kindergarten. Like I moved 21 times in 20 years. I have a lot of singular, a lot of, not a lot of friends. I have a number of people that I know that I've brought with me kind of throughout the years and thanks to Facebook have been able to reconnect. And so when I started my company, I needed a logo. Um, I could have done it myself, but I have the graphic design skills of a two-year-old. And so my friend is a graphic artist. And so her, I had reconnected with her on Facebook. Her son is Max. And he, she, I'm like, hey, you're doing graphic design because she posted that on Facebook. She's like, I would love to do that for you. So she created the monkey. We named him Max after her son. And so, of course, I'm like, you guys look at my monkey. My friend Heather from kindergarten um, created this, blah, 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 blah. So it was just, again, it's all just storytelling. It was never, and I still don't think it's ever been like, I'm using this for business. Okay. Um, and there is a book that uh, titled The Most Human Company Wins. I definitely recommend that, but you, you pegged it is, you know, being authentic and not being afraid to tell your story. And I love Brian Fanzo on Clubhouse um, said something the other day and I love it. Said people can relate to your mess more than they can your success. And so that to me is just a gem. Um, and Marky Lemon says it as well when she presents for ASI. It's like, nobody wants you out there looking better than them anyway. So just show up <laughs> as you are. And the people that are, you know, needing what you have or that can relate to you are naturally going to gravitate towards you. And who cares about the rest of it? So I just put it out there. I haven't shaved in months. It looks great. You're going for like a John Lennon vibe. Is that? I know. I feel yeah, like someone. he like belongs on a Harley or something or a little like leather jacket with his. Gun. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually. I'm going to get there. I have goals. <laughs> That's awesome. I also wanted to ask too as well, like I, just for me being in um, a newbie to this industry, you were one of the first people that stood out to me. And again, like we're talking about storytelling, I think having your own like brand, whether it's for a company or if it's your personal accounts for your marketing, your brand voice is really important because it sets you apart. And you always kind of like out of everybody else that I saw using social media actively in our industry always stood out. Cause I felt like you were so self-aware and confident in yourself and how you present yourself and how you showcase like your life, your behind the scenes, which you like to talk about. So like, how have you cultivated your brand voice? Has it been something that's been like a conscious effort or it really just goes back to what you were saying before, which is storytelling? Um, I guess it's probably a little bit of both. You can't be in this industry and be successful and not be aware of brand image. I think, you know, a lot of it is public relations and brand management and, you know, things like that. Um, but a lot of it is just authenticity, um, you know, and just kind of the way that I am. I, I always say, I'm like, I won't say anything in private or do anything in private that I wouldn't post and make public. Um, I won't say anything behind your back that I won't say to your face. And I also love like Dave Ramsey, when he talks about finances, he talks about money and he says that having more money doesn't make you or like change you. It just makes you more of what you are. So if you're a jerk, having more money just makes you a bigger jerk. <laughs> and if you're a nice person, having more money just makes you more nice and more giving and you're more able, it like magnifies. And I think that social media is the same way. So whatever you are, we just get to know that person faster because that's multi, your message is multiplied. Um, and sometimes it's not a true representation of who a person is because they maybe don't post as much. So you're really only seeing snippets of that person. Um, two, we can only interpret somebody's behavior or attitude with the experience we've had to that point so far. So we're experiencing them from our limited view of the world, not maybe where they came from or having that empathy or understanding of their upbringing. Um, 
But I think those things are important. And then also to realize that whether we know it or not, every single thing that we do online or in person adds to or takes away from our personal brand. So lucky for us, you know, in the promotional products industry, we do talk about branding. We have brand guidelines, you know, it's like, what colors are we going to use? What fonts are we going to use? Um, what are some words we want associated with our brand and what are words we don't want associated with our brand? And people would be well to apply those same brand standards to not even their online presence, but I think their life, right? That's kind of like our moral compass and our value system. It's going to shine through. Just make sure that you're intentional about building a brand and a, well, make sure you're um, authentic and intentional about building a life that you love and that will shine through, you know, whatever it is. So yes, I mean, there's consistency, everything on my It's Me Charity G, like my speakers page is hot pink because it's my favorite color, not because I wanted it to be like, oh, blue is a calming color. Orange is an energy color. I'm like, pink is just my favorite color. But that I do keep that consistent because it's part of my story. It's a lot of words again. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I, love it. I think it's like so important and to boil it down, like that intentional piece is so powerful. I think a lot of people overthink social media. And like you said, it's like, it's that snapshot of who you are and like, it's a small sliver, you know, and you can let people in as much as you want, or just, you know, kind of have those curated moments, but it's a, a snapshot of who you are. And I think you do that so well in both business and in personal, you know, I appreciate that. And I noticed the same thing about you, just, it's so fun. Um, and Ben, you too, like, we're humans first before we're prospects or clients or, um, you know, statistics or a trend analysis, whatever we are, before we're numbers or blips, we're people. And we have hearts and we have heads and we have experiences and we have life going on. And I think it's so important to show that kind of a thing. And even before we're promo people, we're people. Like the surveys and stuff that you're putting in the ASI members exclusive group. No, it's not always about cups and pens because social media is that escape, right? I go there because, well, when I go there because I, it's part of my job now. Um, but mostly social media was an escape for me. And I was like, are you advertising on Pinterest? I said this yesterday. Um, I'm like, no, I'm not advertising on Pinterest. I'm not anything on Pinterest. I go to Pinterest to look at meals I'm never going to make, crafts I'm never going to do, and houses I'm never going to own. Okay, just go let me dream. I'm not going to monetize it. Like, go to social media to get away. Can we please have one place that we don't market, 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 market? Yeah. And so, Absolutely, yeah. And that's what I love about what you guys are doing. It's like, okay, yes, we are promo eight, 10, 15 hours a day sometimes, but we also like coffee or watch the real world or you know, right. all of those things. So. We, we, we talk about this all the time. You know, it's like people use social media to escape, you know, and a lot of times they're working in promo all day. Do they want to go to promo to see, you know, people selling promo? They don't, you know, they want to hear about, you know, maybe a movie that I, that I watched that I really enjoyed or the next beer that I was drinking, like those things kind of make, you know, like you said, like you're talking about authenticity, it makes a brand relatable and human. And that's what people want, you know, and that, like I've had success with that forever on Twitter because when I first created the Twitter profile, it was okay. I could use the ASI logo, but I was like, you know what, this was back in 2009. You know, I even knew then it's like people want to engage with, with people like they don't want to engage with a brand they, like i know some of these bigger brands when i think of like the restaurant brands on twitter like you know they use the logo they talk on behalf of the brand because they have to because people don't 
they know the brand. But on a, on a smaller scale level, like our industry, it's like people want to know who's behind that brand, you know? And, and those are the, uh, the social media um, platforms that get, or the, the accounts that get more engagement. You know, it's like Melissa's, Melissa, you know, she speaks on behalf of ASI. I'm Vinny, I speak on behalf of ASI, and we get great engagement that way. Yeah, and I love too that you guys, you like the day that we had the meetup in Chicago, it was, you know, Vin and Patrick when he was with us and it was ASI and these companies, but it's Charity and Patrick and Vin and whoever else we're going to meet for coffee. And so many companies don't give their social media team that credit for being the, such a huge face of the company and such a huge piece of what people get to know. If we're interacting all day here, I wrote an article for Promo Kitchen probably 2012 and it was the social media disconnect. I was so excited because I had go, been going back and we had a Twitter, like a Twitter gang. <laughs> it was like the promo mafia on Twitter. <laughs> and we would all go back and forth and we'd have follow Fridays and like, we'd all pump each other up all week long. It was kind of like the original promo chat without a name. And so we'd go to a show and I ran as fast as I could to this booth. And I was like, oh my gosh, is this person here? And they're like, she's our social media person. She doesn't come to shows. I was like, but I'm the social media person. <laughs> I'm at the show and she is who I know from your brand. Like I want to hug her so yeah. bad. I want to just bring these conversations to life. So bring your people to your booth. That's it's it's crazy that you say that because in the last couple of years, I'm the same way. I get to know all these people, you know, and the people behind the brands on Twitter, on Facebook, on whatever network. And I go to a show and nobody that I talk to in that booth knows what I'm talking about. I'm like, you know, the person, you know, or I'll, or I'll drop a name. They're like, no, they don't, they don't come to shows. And I'm like, why? Yeah, they should. <laughs> this is like this, the shows, the physical shows are where the social media team should be. I mean, there's so much opportunity. I tell Melissa all the time. I'm like, it is just like, I'm nonstop at these shows. Like I'm just running around. Like there's, it's impossible to get everything that I want to do done because there's just not enough time. There's so many booths, so many great products, so many great people. And it's just, I mean, it's exhausting, Melissa. I hope you're ready. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, no, it's it's super fun. And and that's it, exactly it. That's where digital meets tangible, almost like giving a promotional product to a virtual expo, like social media people coming to the real world. Like that's that's a great just convergence point, you know, that collision opportunity. And the other disconnect I see is people in the company that maybe aren't as involved in social. I want to, if I'm working for a company, I want to know what that company is putting on social media. Cause inevitably somebody's going to ask me a question. I saw this picture. I saw a flyer. I saw a deal. I saw something. And I'm always fascinated by, I mean, it's probably 80 or 90% of like employees don't have a grasp on what your company is doing on social media. And that's disappointing to me because, I mean, to me, that's, that's our story being told and you're sure. part of that story. So know what, know the story. Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, we're talking to Charity G or Charity Poppins, <laughs> AKA Charity Poppins. And we're talking about improving engagement on social media. Now I have a question here that I, I'm sure we've answered ad nauseum, um, you know, being authentic, um, you know, is what really drives engagement on social media. Now I have a, like a really important question I need to ask you here. So have you been able to track sales directly to your use of social media? I, that's a question I think a lot of people really want to know the answer to. 
Nope. Nope. <laughs> I think, I mean, in some cases, yes. In some cases, it's super easy. It's, hey, Charity, I saw this post on social media and we have an event coming up with this big client. Can you give me some ideas and a quote for 10,000 umbrellas and blah, blah. I mean, in that case, super easy. And that happens all the time. Um, but there's ROI, which is return on investment. There's ROE, return on engagement, which is kind of the warm fuzzies, right? And then three is return on relationship. And so I think if you're going to social media for the, I, for the concept of I'm going to make a sale, you're already doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. The sale is the happy byproduct of building the relationship. So I think of my return on investment and like in the number of hugs that I get on, you know, on the show floor, how many people run to the booth and like, is charity here? You know, like, mm-hmm. I really want to see charity or, you know, somebody walks up to somebody. It's like, I saw on Facebook that you guys have this really cool new metropolitan backpack. Like those are the things to me that I can't put those into a spreadsheet. Um, I can't measure any KPIs, but I know that it's working. And I know specifically for Peerless, um, we're a mid-sized company. We're not massive by any means. We're niche, right? We have umbrellas, bags, tailgating products, and games, like small compared to some of these huge variety lines. But for me, the fact that we're getting mentioned with the big boys, you know, it's like we have a voice and we're making an impact. And sure, we are... um, you know, our flyers are all idea-based. We have our lookbooks, are retail to the max. Everything looks amazing. Um, and creative team, we have Mick um, that I work with and then Dan Edge is the president of our company and me. And we do, it's all on us three. We don't have a marketing director. Like there are three people um, and Peter because Peter helps a lot with the, um, the catalog and, and display stuff. So little tiny group of four people. And um, it's great. You can have this amazing product, but I also know, they say if, if you could have the amazing, most amazing pizza on the planet, but if nobody knows about it, you're not going to sell any of it. We have amazing pizza, um, catalogs, flyers, sales tools, whatever, and people know about it. I see like in our sales flyer gallery and our lifestyle gallery, I get the notifications of every download of our lifestyle images. That, and it's 30, 50 a day of people getting those images from our website. So I know that what I'm saying is working, even if I can't put it in this turn into a sale, the fact that we even just have a voice and that we're recognizable as a small, tiny niche company, not tiny niche company, but a smaller company with this massive, yeah, that, you know. And and that voice is being like megaphoned through social Mm -hmm. media, correct? Yeah. Oh, 100%. And it's, I mean, it's difficult too on the supplier side. So the other thing I'll say is even return on engagement is hard to measure on the supplier side because when you're a supplier and you put out content, it's like, we're lucky to get 30 likes on a page, on a post because people inherently, distributors, I think won't engage because they're worried about um, people kind of decoding the supply chain. Sure, sure. So we won't get mentioned if they repost our stuff. We don't get likes on our images. Um, people won't comment on Facebook necessarily sure. because it comes up in the feed. So I think there's a lot that we're not seeing. And sometimes companies, especially when they're hiring social media professionals, it's like, well, I really want to see massive engagement. I want to grow to a huge following. Like you're going to be lucky to get 2,500, 3,000 followers on a supplier page um, because that's how many distributors, which are actually your customers are sure. even using social media and only probably a 10th of that is using it regularly. So that's- right. So they just don't want their customers going direct. 
Yeah, yeah. They don't they don't want to be associated with. It. They'll look at it. They love it. They'll reshare it privately, sure. but they won't engage with us. So that's gotcha. a, a tough thing too to not get disappointed. You have this great post and you're like, twelve likes. Like that's it. Like right, right. My daughter posted a picture of her frog eraser and got five hundred likes. Like why? Like why does nobody love us? But. <laughs> really good question because I feel like you know what you're touching on is really important is just having those realistic goals and KPIs for social and that like you know how it stands out by itself like how you're going to measure it individually for success but also like how it interplays with the other marketing channels that you have so I love that like you're doing that education piece at your job, but also with the clients that you have about just like, you know, you're not going to set up your Facebook page and get like a thousand leads or like, you know, some of the stuff that you're doing, like it's amplification, it's engagement, it's brand awareness. You know, people are having an interest sparked about, you know, your company wanting to learn more and that translates into other things. So when they want to purchase down the line or work with you, you know, you've already laid that foundation, but that's kind of like a slow burn. So I wanted to ask you a little bit more about engagement because I feel like you're the queen of engagement. And again, that's something that people really seem to struggle with. So if you feel like you've created some great content and you're expecting to have like, you know, a certain level of return of engagement, what would you do to make a course correction if it's not really getting what you want? Like, are there some, you know, steps that you would take immediately or is it by a case by case basis? What do you think? So I would say it's a couple different things. Think about okay. what you're, right? I think the biggest thing is, would you want to see what you posted? Would you engage with what you posted? Would you comment on what you posted? Would you like what you posted? Right. And if the answer is no, if you wouldn't even like it, if you wouldn't want to see it in your own feed, then what the heck are you posting it for? Like, why? Like, don't waste my time. You just wasted your own time. Like, just don't go there. So um, think about what other people are doing um, that you are seeing, that you are engaging with, and chances are that other people like you that would want to do business with you, when you start posting those things and emulating the things that you like, other people are going to start liking that stuff too. Because again, we're human first, you know, before right. we're prospects and clients, we're human. So be human. Um, the second thing I would say is treat others as you want to be treated. If you want your content to be engaged with, then go be engaging somewhere else. If people just see that you're posting robotically, I would even argue to say that what you post is pretty much irrelevant and not completely, but more important is what you're doing on other people's pages. Who are you following? Are they potential prospects and clients? Um, and how are you engaging with their posts first? Are you telling them happy birthday? Are you, hey, that looks great. You know, that recipe looks amazing. Man, I want that grilled cheese sandwich. You know, all of the things that you guys do just to be, you know, like, yes, girl, amazing. Congratulations. All of these things that are happening are life events. We don't post so that somebody can look at it and be like, eh. we, you know, people <laughs> post because they want to share and hope to get likes and comments. So go like and comment and people then kind of feel compelled in a sense, to go and check out your page and they want to be able to reciprocate because people want to build relationships. I think that's why we're on social media. So if you go and like and comment and engage, the natural byproduct is I think people will come to your page and like and comment and engage as well, as long as your content is valuable or worth their time. Right, right. All right, Charity, we have two more questions here. Um, I think you kind of answered this next one, but I'm gonna throw it out there anyway. 
because we have a lot of people in this industry who are hyper small businesses, one or two person, mom and pop shops, they have very little time for social media, but they know, they know it's important. So if they only have time for one social media platform in this space, in, in a promo space, which platform would you recommend they get on? That is so, so tough um, because I want them all. Uh, I would love to say Instagram because I think the reach can be really big there. But if I had to pick just one, I would actually say Facebook. And the reason why is because, again, there's the business page option, which will get like very little engagement at all. Um, but there are the Facebook groups option. And as you see from being in um, on the promotional products professionals group and the member exclusives group and all of that, you might get them into the group and then uh, groups take priority in the algorithm. So anytime somebody posts in there, they're notified. And so it drags people in or pulls people into that group. So as long as you're posting good content there, it's a cool place to, I know you're going to put all your clients together, but if you are the moderator of the group and you continue to direct the conversation, share what sales you have, great, but more so ask those people the questions. Hey guys, I have a client looking for a technology gift for this anniversary. Do any of you guys have experience? What would you like to get if this were you? And all of a sudden you're making them part of your story. They think that they're you know, help and they are helping you. And it's not just, you know, going into an echo chamber of a bunch of promo people that don't actually know what a technologist would like. It's going into a spot where you're cultivating a community of people that can help you do your job more efficiently. And they feel like they're part of your story. They're going to stay loyal to you forever. They don't want to go to some crazy, you know, site or, you know, just Joe Schmo out of Google because you're there every single day showing up and showing that you care. So I would say Facebook groups hundred percent. Absolutely. I agree with you, Charity. I've been saying this for a couple of years now, ever since Facebook groups really blew up. Um, you know, Facebook without the groups is not the, the network I would recommend. But because of the groups, people are doing business in those groups. They are forging relationships. They're getting to know each other. They're, they're having conversations. We know it. We see it every day. Um, and that's where I would recommend anybody who has limited time. You know, you have to have a business page. We Melissa and I were just talking about this. It's, a, it's like a digital uh, yellow pages. You need that. You know, put your website, your your telephone number, your email, get all that stuff stocked on there. You don't have to post much, but you need to be going into those groups and really kind of building relationships. That's where the business is being done. Melissa, do you agree? Where would you go with, with one I option? Push, I would push back on as I think there's nothing wrong. Like from your perspective is like just having like charity would is saying is just that valuable content, like the reach on business pages, like it's just a necessary evil. But like you said, it's really, really hard to get that engagement because there's so much that goes into building it up, but it can definitely be helped by having those groups. And like you said, it's the relationship aspect of social media. Like, you know, people don't want to interact with the page. Like, you know, they want to know more about the person who's selling. They want to be able to ask questions in a low pressure environment because maybe they're not ready to, you know, purchase, but they're doing that research. And I feel like, cause so many of us do that. Like we have you know, our mobile devices, like glued to our hands, like all day. It's like, we can always go in and find the information that we need when we're, you know, when we're looking to make that next purchase or we're trying to find out something more. So I think definitely like groups are something to concentrate on, but you know, don't forget. So we're all in agreement here. We're all <laughs> on Facebook here. And I think, well, and the other part of that too is groups 
you know, if you're just in a group selling all day long, people yeah. are not going to stay in your group. Mm. So the thing that I love, especially about like the promotional products group is there's a huge opportunity to serve. And that's another clubhouse trick that somebody said the other day was serve, don't sell. Yep. And when you go in with that people, you know, by happenstance, they get to know who you are. They know that I'm Charity Gibson for Peerless. Even if I'm answering a question about where to find a pen or, you know, tell me about setup fees or explain this or that or whatever, I hope that people are understanding and seeing that comes from a place of caring because I feel like we're all wearing the same jersey and a rising tide lifts all boats. So when you brand new person at level one are the most equipped and well-educated to do your job at the best of your ability, we can move to bigger challenges. We can innovate all of a sudden. We, we've got everybody at a, you know, performing at a good level. Um, and you're representative of me and my brand as well. So why wouldn't I want you to shine? I go serve first and people get to know who you are. Mm -hmm. You can't BS in that environment. It's not yeah. like, you can't fake it. Like if you're in that, especially it's, we're going on like years in this group now, people know who, people are you're building your brand in that group whether you know it or not you're either the complainer the helper <laughs> the right. person you have a label in that group and whether whether you realize it or not somebody is posting and they're like her again of course some people might say that about me like charity again only because i just can't shut up but at least i try to be relevant and helpful and i feel like that you know you establish that reputation in those groups yeah you're, you're a helper and a fixer you're omnipresent. I think people yeah. see that and they recognize that. That could be annoying for some people. Not, not to me. I, I whenever I see you, I you're you're trying to help people. You yeah, know, and you know? yeah, you know whether you're in Clubhouse, you're on Facebook, you know, even on Twitter that you hate. You know, I see I see you jumping in there and trying to help people. You know, and and um, you know, it's funny you mentioned Clubhouse. I'm I'm, you know, we talked about this uh, in in another podcast how hot it is right now. Um, my last question, I, I just wanted to talk about something you said yesterday in uh, one of the forums uh, in a conversation about Clubhouse. Um, you said the whole platform will shift when it opens up and not for the better. Um, 45 days in Clubhouse as we know it is done. Can you talk a little bit about that? I know you're talking about it's, it's iOS only. It's only op open for people with iPhones um, and there's only 5 million people on a platform or something like that. Why, once it's open to Android um, and other, you know, platforms, will it become unusable? So, well, I think two things. One, Mark Cuban just invested in new technology yesterday, and so he's founding a competing product um, that is going to allow for recording and some other different things. So, of course, Mark Cuban's in the game, and who knows where that's going to go. Yeah. Um, but with uh, Clubhouse specifically. So it's kind of like Google Plus. If you guys remember when that first came out, the fun thing about it was the early adopters are the um, obviously high level influencers who were given stuff because you know Clubhouse wanted them to use it or Google Plus wanted them to use it and beef up the platform and get mass adoption because you have to have that traction and that mass adoption or that desire for mass adoption um, to have any, you know, longevity or to get that billion dollar valuation, which is what they've, I think, in their first round have come up with. Um, so one of the things that I would say about this is people are complaining that it's iOS only, but that doesn't mean you have to be an iPhone user. I'm like, we need to get creative here. The people that are on this platform right now are the Cameron Heralds, the Gary V's, the, um, uh, the guy that runs social media examiner. Stelzner. Um, yes, Michael Stelzner. Um, 
all of these, Brian Fanzo, Jess Ekstrom, uh, Forbes Riley, all of these huge names are on this platform right now in rooms with 12 and 15 and 30 people. And they're giving away the wisdom and knowledge that they usually do only in consulting rooms or like in one-on-one -on -one consulting at like $10,000 an hour. And you can go in these rooms and raise your hand and come on stage and ask them their questions and talk to them like they're normal people. And if you're not full of crap and you're actually there, like, I mean, I show up again, pretty authentically. I have phone appointments with all of these people with these with Cameron Harold with you know um Lou Diamond just had me on his Thrive Loud podcast because of a relationship that we got to on Clubhouse um so I'm an Android user find a phone it's a hundred bucks you know what I mean like I so my payment um for for getting onto Clubhouse was that I stole my daughter's old phone and she had her terrarium app running her plants so I have to keep her plants alive that's my payment using her phone um but an iPad, anything like that, you don't have to activate it. You just have to have Wi-Fi and a Google voice number, honestly. And that will get you on um, and obviously an invite. And that's the other part of it. It's magical right now because I have to know someone who's on it. There's a quality control, right? It's not a bunch of scammers. It's not, I mean, there are scammers on there. So you do have to be careful. But for the most part, the community is being built by me inviting you and handpicking people that I want to associate with. So um you know having again it goes back to how many people are on the platform how many people are actually using it on a daily basis um and what type of content is being created so think about what happens they don't have an android dev team so for everybody it's like oh they're elitists no it's nine people and they can only scale so much and you see these big shows and things like that when you get too many people on a platform at one time it crashes so they're taking their time to scale and build the building in a way that makes sense to keep everybody happy while the platform is expanding. That's smart marketing. Um, and it also gains, you know, it gets people excited and, and builds that desire because people want in because it's limited edition. So remember that when you're creating swag too, limited edition, hot seller um, or hot giveaway. Um, but the last part of that is, so they are hiring an Android dev team. They said about 45 days for Android. Um, it might be a little bit longer depending on how they open up the invite process but as soon as you're allowed to everybody make an account it's the same thing i always say marketers ruin everything and all of a sudden it's a bunch of noise you've got so many rooms to go into you don't even know you've got thousands of people in these rooms so you can't raise your hand and have meaningful conversation the room sizes go from 12 and 15 and 30 people of really successful high level thinkers thought leaders authors vc angel buyers, all of these are angel investors, all of these amazing people that are using the platform now authentically and showing up every day, sharing their wisdom. They kind of fade into the background because there's too much noise. And then all you're left with is an ocean full of minnows. And sure. I think that's where it becomes, I'm out. So, so strike while the iron's hot right now, get onto clubhouse. Even and if I hope you I'm don't, wrong, by the way, well, I really hope I'm wrong. <laughs> Cause I, I love, mean, I think, <laughs> We can revisit this down the line and see, and see if you were wrong. But like you said, you know, I'm, I'm in a bunch of chat rooms, you know, and I'm like, I don't expect to be like one of only 25. And I'm like, oh, my God, there's some big hitters in this one. And I'm one of 25 people in there. And it's pretty amazing. Um, you can raise your hand, get right up on stage and talk to Gary V, you know, and I'm like, you know, this is Gary Vaynerchuk. This is a guy who everybody knows on so social media, you know, and we have the opportunity to really kind of get in there. And you're saying that. Once Android is in the game 
that those rooms then become like a million people and you're yeah. not even going to like scratch the surface on that you might be able to still sit there and listen in um you know I, I definitely see that but like right now i'm modding rooms with brian fanzo and i'm up on the stage i've always wanted to speak on the big stage with all of these names and it's like i ask a question i provide value they say oh that's charity she's valuable and they make me a mod so now i'm a mod every time i come in this specific club i'm a mod automatic i get automatic mod and so it's like i'm on the stage literally speaking with legends literally i mean they know me, they follow me, and now we're direct messaging back and forth. And that's just, that's so much magic right now. You can't that's like so cool. get the green iPhone, find an iPhone, <laughs> making a mountain out of a molehill. Just use your brain, creative think, get on the platform right now before it loses its luster and engage and provide value or just listen and make sure you have notebooks because man, I have filled two full notebooks. I sent myself 300 text message emails, <laughs> like um, not text message, but like text to email. Cause I, I don't know why sure. I was Evernote. I just, I have knowledge. Like it, it's, I feel like chaotic mess cause I can't even handle it all. It's like an overload of awesome information. So get on Clubhouse. That's great. Now. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, well thank, thank you so much for your, oh, Jinx Ben, I'll let you. Jinx, we I'll jinxed each other there. Um, Charity, before we go, like, you know, you want to let everyone know where they can find you? Yeah. Everywhere. <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> Just wiggle your nose or blink. No. Um, so obviously I am the voice behind Peerless Umbrella on all social media channels. So make sure you give Peerless Umbrella a follow. Uh, you can also find my public Instagram at it's me charity G and charity G.com. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much where it's at. Peerless Umbrella and Charity Poppins. Hanging out. And it was a pleasure. All that. What's that? I said it was a pleasure. It was so nice to like have this conversation because I feel like I knew it was just going to be awesome. You're going to have so much good insights, but you know, I feel like this is going to be great to share with our audience. So we really appreciate your time. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate being here. Of course, you guys make it the most fun because you guys get it. And it's fun to talk with like-minded people. It makes it that much more exciting. So thank you for being you and for all that both of you guys do. ASI shines through you and I love it. Keep on shining. Thank you so much, Charity. Take care.